Awesome. So who's ready for the word today? Let's get into it. Family Christmas service, and God has really been putting something on my heart this Christmas season. It's amazing how, you know, the Lord will take a a story and a part of scripture that you've read so many times, and he'll just continue to highlight and illuminate and emphasize fresh and new things every time you approach it, right? The word of God is always fresh bread. And so, um, you know, I was thinking a lot this year and pondering a lot about the verses in John chapter 1, where it says the Word became flesh, and that it dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. You know, and you think about the Christmas story, you think about Jesus, God in the flesh coming to earth, you think about the baby, the birth, but there's something particularly striking to me this Christmas season about the Word becoming flesh. The Bible tells us, you know, that even before the incarnation, we see that the Word was in the beginning, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so I don't mean to, you know, throw your mind in a tizzy right now, but just to say to you, foundationally, Jesus is the Word, okay? So when when deity came to earth and put on flesh, the Bible says the Word became flesh. And and the Word of God is, is foundational to everything that we're going to do or build in our lives. Let me say it to us this way on Family Christmas Sunday. Households, families, all different uh, kinds represented here. This is something you can build your house on. (laughs) This is something you can build your family on. So the title of the message today is The Word Became Flesh. The Word Became Flesh. You see... In Jesus' work on the earth, one of the things that he opened up, one of the things he, he kind of created a new pathway for is the way that the Word could transform us, the way the Word could impact our lives. God's Word had been around with His people for many, many years. We know that. Uh, but what, one of the shifts that we see take place from before Christ to after Christ is the prophets even said, before Jesus comes along, God is writing His laws on tablets of stone. But after Christ's completed work on the cross and the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, something miraculous and amazing happens. God begins to write His words and His laws on the tablets of our hearts. I'm grateful for that, aren't you? It's more than a piece of literature. It's a living word. It's actually a living word that gets implanted inside of us. So I want to talk to you today about a few things that we can count on, that we can recognize that a a deep reverence and hunger and and feasting upon the Word of God can produce in our lives individually, but can produce in our homes, in our households, in our families, and dare I even say, in our lineages and generations. Hmm, hallelujah. Point number one is the Word anchors our lives. It anchors us. Jesus told a parable. He said that there are two builders. One's a wise builder, one's a foolish builder. And the difference in the two is what they build upon. Both of them build a house. Note that. Both of them build a house. But one of them builds their house on a foundation of rock, and one of them builds their house on a foundation of sand. And of course, he says that when a storm comes along or any kind of 
you know, difficulty, that house that's built on sand is just going to fall apart. It's just going to implode. Whereas that house that is built on the rock is going to stand strong. It doesn't mean storms won't come. It doesn't mean storms won't barrage that home at times. The difference is, is what, what the outcome is after the storm passes. The house that was built on sand is dismantled. It's in a frenzy. Can I say this? That I, I feel like, as a pastor who looks on things that are happening in our world today, conditions that are happening, there are storms out there, for sure. Um, even in the church and in believers' lives, I see a lot of people that come apart. It's like their life starts unraveling in the storm. When we are built on a foundation of solid rock, there's just something in you that's stationary, that's secure. It's like, I'm going to weather this thing. Because the Word of God is, listen to this, it's, it's not just an idea, it's not even just a statement. It, it's alive and operable inside of me. You know, in Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, the author says that the Word of God is alive and powerful. Powerful in the Greek is energe. It means to be operative. It means to be at work in accomplishing something. That's a beautiful thing about a living word that gets inside of us that we are building our lives on, putting our trust on in storms is that the word of God, this is different than any other piece of literature, it not only brings instruction, it possesses the very power within itself to accomplish what it's been sent forth to do. Mm. Man, that builds my faith today, amen? So the question would be, what kind of a foundation am I building? What is my... What is my life built upon, being built upon? What is my family unit being built upon? You know, I think this is a very simple statement when I make it, but I'm, I'm, I want to just encourage you to think about how deep the application maybe goes, is that we're building our family and our home on the Word of God. Is this thing f- flavoring every part of our relationships in our home and how we lead our families and how we raise them up because this is the guide this is the rock that we can build upon how am I building my career is my career governed and led and guided by God's word word that became flesh and dwelt among us that now lives on the inside of me is that is that guiding and directing everything in my career my job my workplace my relationships, maybe my ministry. Because when we get outside of the parameters of this word right here, it's when we begin to get in trouble. It's, we, it's when we begin to build something on sand. Because we are all building something. Whether you know it or not, whether you're engaged in it intentionally or consciously, you are building something. You're building a life. You're constructing a life day by day and week by week and year by year. If you're not intentional about building it on the rock, then by default, you are building it on sand. And when difficulties come along, it's just a matter of time before that paper house begins to fold, before that straw house begins to crumble, before the first spark ignites it up into flames and it dissolves. (laughs) But the Word of God in, in us, operable, does not yield that result. It yields something that's galvanized, that's stable, that's strong, and dare I say, actually comes out of storms on the other side 
weathered and stronger than it even was before the storm came along. That's how good God is to us, is that he can take the storms of life and say, I may allow them to be, but I will use them to do a great work through the process. Uh, what the enemy intends for harm, our God can always turn around for our good. Amen. Amen. Building our homes and our families on the word of God. I love this quote from Abraham Lincoln. He said, the strength of a nation lies in the homes of its people. Hmm. The health and strength of the family units in our land will determine the health and strength of our nation. What are we building our family unit upon? Hmm. In business, on a number of occasions, when we were you know, pursuing a project or a development or an expansion effort, a lot of times we would bring in what you call a consultant. Anybody familiar with that, right? Professional consultants, pretty popular nowadays. And uh, a consultant, it's interesting, their role, their job was to come in, evaluate, and basically what they would do is offer suggestions, suggestions. And it was up to you to determine which things that you would take and which things that you would leave. This is a good thing in business, okay? Let me say this about the way the Word of God is meant to function in our lives, the relationship we're meant to have with Jesus. Jesus is not a consultant. He needs to be the CEO of our lives. Could say it like this. This word is not suggestive. It's authoritative. Hmm. But people can relate to it like it's a professional consultant, like it's a suggestive piece of literature. There's some good things in here. There's some things that can help you. Yeah, of course there are, but it's more than that. It is authoritative, which means it sets the boundaries and parameters. It tells me where I can go and where I can't go. And if I'll live my life and build my family and my career and my relationships based on the authority it gives, I can expect the exact result that it says it will produce. Which brings me to point number two. The word improves our lives. Let me tell you something about somebody that's got a hold of the word of God, that's living according to the word of God. There's evidence. There's, There's evidence. Because when this word is steadily flowing into the different parts of our lives, and we're applying it by faith and standing on the principles and precepts in there, in the areas that we're living, I'm just telling you, there's nothing but fertility and growth and multiplication and vibrancy that will come from the things that it's touching. It's got to be hooked to faith, but when it is, it's just, it's a fertile land. It's, it's improving and nourishing Every part of our lives, the word builds our lives. Think about that. Jesus said, I'll build my church. We don't build his church. He builds his church. Right? The word builds and establishes. It sets the foundation and it puts up the walls and it it builds everything strong and healthy. I've tried it both ways. Maybe you have too. 
I prefer the rock. <laughs> I prefer the rock. You know, we have to even embrace the, the corrective nature of this word. It corrects things. It instructs things, right? It's a two-edged sword, which means that it can prepare a place for seed to be implanted and imparted, but it, it also needs to cut away some things and do away with some things at times as well. It's the process of sanctification, and again, the word is powerful to do that. But it has to correct things in us. And sometimes we get into difficult situations in life where there are things that we... Um, there, there are many unknowns in the landscape. Let me give you some advice, some encouragement. When you're navigating through the places of the unknown, stand on the things that you know. Because you, it's navigable. You, what you know of the Word of God is enough to help you navigate through the areas of things that are unknown. Hmm. Ah, and it brings just a you know, correction sometimes in our lives that we need to embrace. I've, you know, the Bible says we use the Word of God to correct, rebuke, to bring reproof. Right? We don't, we don't come to people with just like opinions and ideas. We, we come based on the Word of God or there's no merit in it. There's no substance in it. Might as well avoid the conversation. But if the Word of God is the basis for our discussion, then there's fruit that's coming. If our hearts are humble to receive. Had a lady one time in the church um, early on, and she just continued to give us a lot of problems. She was just, she was difficult. And, you know, it was one thing after another after another. And then there was this one thing finally that was really big. And so I went to her with the word of God and said, look, here's what I need to say. And this is what I see happening and just didn't receive that. So, of course, you know, went with somebody else. Here's the word of God. It's trying to just bring correction and basis or whatever, didn't receive that. Finally, it just, it just got to be too much. And so I sat her down one day. I sat her down. I looked her straight in the eye from across the table. And I said, listen, Mom, this has got... <laughs> Sorry, Mom. You should have saw all your faces. Holy cow. <laughs> she here? Is she still here? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) it builds, guys, it improves our lives. Woo, you like that one, okay. It builds and improves our lives. You know, Proverbs chapter 8 talks about the, the wisdom of the word of God. Listen to this, by it kings reign, by it princes and nobles will judge. By it come riches and honor. It brings wealth. Those who obey it, their treasuries will be filled and they will have favor from the Lord. Let me tell you something. When you live by these principles right here and you trust in them, there is no wealth attainable in the natural world that compares to the riches of wealth and spiritual treasure that God wants to fill our treasuries up with. What this does is it takes the ceiling and the cap of natural capabilities and limitations and it blows the lid off of it. When we live by the principles of the word of God and it improves the areas of our lives, our relationships, our career, our ministry, our homes, our families, everything, 
Guys, it takes us to a supernatural level of capacity for yield in our lives. I want to live in that sphere where the supernatural possibilities of favor, of blessing, and of spiritual treasure is what I am partaking of day by day. Because let me tell you something, that's part of the inheritance you're meant to have. Mm. But we have to submit to that authority of God's word. You know, there's an interesting story back in the book of Kings. 2 Kings chapters 22 and 23, actually a particular king, the Bible says he was actually a good king, but the kings before and after him were wicked. This king was named Josiah. Josiah, <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about this, and I'll just give you the, the, the storyline. You can read these chapters on your own, and you should, um, but Josiah is, is reigning as king. And Israel, Judah, uh, is in a bad way. There's all kinds of decay in society. The whole dismantling I was talking about, it's happening you know, systemically throughout society. And Josiah does something one day, it's interesting. He sends a priest, Hilkiah, uh, up to the temple to gather some of the treasury that's been brought in and the offerings. And while the priest is in the temple, this is the way the Bible says it. It says that he discovered the book of the law. Discovered it. So let's just take note. Somewhere along the way, it got lost. It got put away. It got segmented out of the mainstream flow of life and society. It started little by little, compartmentalized, and then eventually you couldn't even find it if you tried. Hmm. So Hilkiah comes back, he says, I, I, I think you need to see this. <laughs> I, I think you need to read this. I think there's something we've been missing. So Josiah opens up the book of the law, God's word, and immediately when he reads it, it says that he was torn in his heart and he ripped his garments. He became a man of deep repentance because he understood everything this word is saying we haven't been doing. And I personally, starting with me, have not been doing. So Josiah reads the word and it convicts his heart and he becomes a reformed man because of what the word has brought into his life. And it started with him, but it didn't stop there. As leaders of our homes and families, let's pay attention to that. It begins with us, but it doesn't stop there. It continues to flow outward. Josiah says, okay, this is, uh, uh, we got to hear this. So he begins to read the book of the law in the presence of the people. He said, gather all the people. Gather the elders. Gather everybody. I love this. It's like, just forget about everything else you're doing in society right now. There's no point in even going another step further until we come back and regroup, dare I say, shore up our foundation. Hmm. We're building paper walls, people. <laughs> Get back here and let's read the word of God. And when he does, here's what happens. It says that the hearts of the people became torn. 
Oh, let me tell you something. When truth is heralded and people are humble enough to listen, it can bring transformation, not just in an individual life. It can bring transformation in a home. It can bring transformation in a community and a region and in a nation. The word of God does have that power. And if nothing else, maybe today I could say to us families and homes and leaders and parents and grandparents that this is our plumb line. This is our compass. This is our guide. And if we will say this is the ultimate authority to govern and guide my life and I can live by it, then we will begin to see the rich transformation and flow of heavenly supernatural impact into the, all, all the areas that we are privileged to be able to lead in. I want my home enriched by this thing. There's nothing else that I want guiding my family and my life than this right here. Amen. So the book got lost and hidden away. I'll just say one last point on that and we'll move on to the last point here. The king after Josiah and the king before Josiah both performed wickedness in the eyes of the Lord. And my takeaway here from this is it takes multiple generations working together to pass the heritages on of these deep truths and these principles and precepts. Right now, we have three, maybe four generations represented here in this room. At any given time, you typically have about four generations represented in society. If we're working together and the word of God is reaching across every line unifying us, guys, there is absolutely no end to what God can't do multi-generationally on the face of the earth in our time. Amen? Amen. Last point is that the word forms our lives. Forms, and I'll explain what I mean by that. I was having a conversation with some friends recently, and we were talking about this topic, and it, it just continued to resonate with me afterwards. And I made a statement, and, you know, sometimes you say something, and then the Lord, like, accents that to you. It's like, you need to ponder that. Right? Mary Mary pondered the things of God in her heart. There's times we just need to ponder things. Like, hold the thought. Keep it. Meditate on it. Because God's going God's to turn that thing over some more for us if we can. And the, th- the thought I had in the statement was, is families need sound doctrine. As families we need to develop doctrine in our lives that's healthy. And, and, and doctrine, guys, it's, it's, it's more than a, attending a church service. It, it, it's, it's more than you know, hearing a verse that, that speaks to you right now. And, it, and I'm not downplaying that, but, but I'm saying that doctrine is not built overnight. Doctrine is built over the long haul. Precept upon precept upon precept. Line upon line upon line. The Bible speaks a lot in the New Testament about the importance of sound doctrine, and it has a lot of warnings for unhealthy doctrine. Doctrine is the, is the framework. It's, it's the Word of God in its multifaceted manner to build up all the different parts of our lives. 
It's meant to be healthy and strong, which means it's balanced and whole. We get our families positioned in green pasture so that we can graze on healthy spiritual food season after season after season. Pastor Dan would know this well. This is a a great task of a pastor. There are some in the body of Christ who are assigned with missions, assignments, where they will go and they will travel and they will speak to different places and God's put kind of a similar message in their heart that they'll just continue to herald. And that's, that's awesome. And much is done for the kingdom that way. Pastors are tasked with raising up a people and their families over a long haul. Developing doctrine in the lives of those people and in their homes. So that it's whole, that it's balanced, that it's solid, and that it's stable. I want you to know what the Word has to say about your life, about your purpose, about relationships, about your gifts, about career, about your community. And what's beautiful is the Bible has something to say about all of that. We have to cultivate doctrine in our lives. Get your families in the house of God and attend regularly. And I mean this with all my heart. We'd love to have you here. But if it's somewhere else and that's where it needs to be, that is my greatest desire, is that you would be planted in a healthy church that the Bible is preached from front to back so that you can develop solid doctrine in your life and in your family over the long haul. Amen. Here's what often happens. You guys remember this game? Jenga. I was like the ultimate champion in my house with my kids and everything. Stop looking at me like that. Line upon line, precept upon precept, brick by brick is how doctrine is built. And when we have the word of God that's been formed, and by the way, Holy Spirit forms doctrine. Preachers herald, teachers teach, believers catch. The Holy Spirit forms the doctrine in our heart. And when we have well-rounded, healthy doctrine, it's like this brick by brick that's all pieced together. Man, that thing is solid and stable. But I want to show you a picture, and, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm just, I'm just trying to challenge us today. I'm just trying to challenge us. But I want to show you a picture of what I see in a, in a lot of households. And I see it because things happen that hit people, and they come apart. And I think to myself, it probably didn't need to be that way. But there's typically just fragments, pieces, not, not real strong substance of doctrine and what the Word of God has really has to say and, and certainly hasn't been formed yet. So if having a picture of kind of unhealthy doctrine or just weak doctrine, I'm only going to do a few of these, but you get the idea, right? These pieces are just, imagine less than half of these pieces there. And so you've got parts, <laughs> but people haven't continued to cultivate healthy doctrine, sound doctrine. 
build their house and their family on it. Kids, what, what's God saying to our family right now? What's he doing in our lives? How's he using us? And what is the word of God saying to us right now at this particular time? It, it's the greatest influencer in anything that's happening in our home. And when we get to a place where this is just not a priority, and there's not, we don't really know what we believe about a lot of these things. We're just not sure. And so we, we come to a point where there's difficulty and we reach, but we don't even really know what we're reaching for. And the things come along that are hitting us in life. And I mean, there's an enemy out there that's on the prowl that is absolutely bringing assaults like never before against the people of God. And then... And it just comes crashing down. You get what I'm saying? We can build that up solid and strong, brick by brick, precept upon precept. As families, as leaders in our home, we are responsible for cultivating that in our homes, with our children, and in the sphere of accountability that God has portioned to us. Hallelujah. And there is a rich reward that comes to those who will build according to the word of God. A rich reward. Because even when things are coming against the advancement of God's word in our lives, when our faith stands on it, the word continues to march on. <laughs> I've seen it time and again. The word continues to prevail. The prophet said, it will accomplish what I've sent it forth to accomplish, says the Lord. It meets adversity and it overcomes. Faith in the substance of the word of God. I think this is one of the reasons why Paul made this huge emphasis to Timothy when he said, Timothy, there's a lot of things that I want to say to you, and he did, but he said, and there's an inflection point, there's an exclamation point on this statement. He says, preach the word. Preach the word. Because if you will just preach the word, the churches are going to grow. And the people are going to grow. We don't have to dress it all up. We don't have to make it fancy. We don't have to add anything to it. The word of God stands on its own. Perfectly capable of doing exactly what it is that it needs to do. Let me tell you something. It actually doesn't even matter to a degree when it comes to the Word of God. If people believe it or don't believe it, there are things about the Word of God that are going to happen whether people agree or don't agree because it's sovereign and it will bring things to pass that it says. Hallelujah. It deconstructs bad theology and bad ideas and it reconstructs all at the same time something of substance and sound doctrine maybe you've been lied to over the years maybe you've bought some false ideas about religion and you've had some bad doctrine that's been built in the beautiful part of it is the word of god not only forms and constructs it can deconstruct at the exact same time anything that's been built up that's not of god and sweep that floor clean and begin to reestablish something strong and healthy that god wants to do 
Hallelujah. It will always accomplish what it's sent forth to accomplish when people of faith are standing on it. Hmm. <laughs> Paul says, he says, I may be in chains because he was in prison. Man, get this. But the word of God is not chained. Oh. I may be behind a prison door in a cell with bars. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the word of God that I preach and that I stand on is not chained. It will break forth and it will accomplish everything that it's meant to accomplish. Hallelujah. And close with this. The word of God is the foundation. Right? It's the, it's the rock foundation that we build on. But it's really interesting that in other places of Scripture, when it talks about a foundation, it adds something else. It says that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone of that foundation. So if you know how foundation is built and set up, you've got your four perimeter walls, if you will, of the foundation. But there's always a cornerstone, a beginning point that everything runs off of. And what Jesus came to the earth stepped down from the throne and entered into the earth and clothed in flesh to show us and to accomplish. Guys, I hope you know this today, is that He is the only way to erect that foundation. You can't begin building the foundation without the cornerstone in place. And so here yet again, like in every message that we would share or any type of truth that we would declare, we come back to this point and say Jesus Christ is the center of it all. He's the beginning and He is the end. And so I ask you today, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? I'm not talking about you've been in church. I'm not talking about you, you've got a little bit of religion from the past. I'm talking about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He came to close that chasm of separation between God and man. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can't be begin building anything of eternal value until that cornerstone gets set. 